1160 The Quest welcomes you to Legislation Made Simple. Keeping you informed on political issues, primarily legislative issues in the Georgia General Assembly, but also some national issues that implicate the teachings of the church. Issues that are critical to restoring and protecting a culture that enables families to flourish and the kingdom of God to advance. Legislation Made Simple will also let you know how to get involved, how to get to know your state representatives and senators, and most importantly, how you can affect policy. Your hosts are Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Jane is a retired lawyer, formerly with a D.C.-based organization called American Principles Project. Jane worked at the Georgia legislature and has maintained her connections there, so she's plugged in under the Gold Dome. Now let's begin Legislation Made Simple. Hello and welcome to our second episode of Legislation Made Simple. My name is Patty DeCraney and my co-host is Jane Robbins. Hey Patty. Hey Jane. If you heard us last week, we gave an overview of the legislative process in Georgia and explained how you can keep abreast of what issues are being debated at the Capitol. We also gave a few pointers about how you can get involved. Check the Quest website to listen to the show or read the show notes. This week, we'll dive into the meat of the show to examine specific issues that will probably come up now that the legislative session has started. It just began this past Monday. We will begin with invoking the Holy Spirit and reading Holy Scripture. We pray together. Come, Come, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, fill fill the the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. And today's scripture is Psalm 139, 13, 14. You formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I praise you, so wonderfully you made me. Wonderful are your works. My very self you knew. Sunday... January 22nd, which is coming up, our nation will mark the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court decision that made abortion legal throughout the United States. Jane, tell us about the topic for today. Today's topic is the aftermath of the Dobbs decision in Georgia. And we probably all know that last summer, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in a decision called Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Praise God. Yes. Now, by returning the abortion issue to the states, the court is recognizing the authority of Georgia legislators to determine how unborn babies are to be protected in Georgia. I remember when I heard this news, I had just left the sidewalk, praying at the sidewalk of an abortion clinic, and I heard it on the radio. I just cried. Yeah, I I remember I was on a conference call with somebody, and he broke in and said they overturned Roe, and those are words that we thought we would never hear. Never hear. Began in our lifetime, and it's ended. Yes. I mean, it's not all ended. That decision has ended. That decision has ended. Tell tell us about um, Dobbs. You, you know, we we all know Roe v. Wade, but what what how does this relate to Roe v. Wade, and what does this now overturning and what what does this do? Contrary to popular opinion, the Dobbs decision does not ban abortion. What it 
determined is that the Constitution doesn't say anything about abortion one way or the other. Therefore, the states are free to regulate the issue. Roe had created a right to abortion completely out of thin air. It had no basis in history, no basis in anything in constitutional doctrine. And it led to over 66 million lives lost and millions more wounded. And a corruption of legal doctrine that that bled over into other areas. So Roe was a pernicious decision. Mm -hmm. And the abortion battle continues now at the state level. Tell us about Georgia's heartbeat bill. The heartbeat law prohibits abortion when the baby has a detectable heartbeat. Now, it has exceptions written into it, exceptions for the life of the mother, for rape and incest, and what is called medical futility, meaning if the the baby has a medical condition that's incompatible with life, it's defined in the bill. It specifically does not apply to miscarriages. It doesn't apply to ectopic pregnancies, all these things that we hear in the fear-mongering. Uh, it, it doesn't apply to those. It just means that if you've got a, a healthy baby, if there's a heartbeat, you cannot kill that baby. Mm. While, while, while praying on the sidewalk, um, or I pray on the sidewalk of, of a local abortion clinic, and I noticed that there's an uptick in these poor prenatal diagnoses. Why, why is that? Yeah, that's a real-world example of how the abortion industry is trying to evade the heartbeat law. All of a sudden, they're claiming that all of these women have poor prenatal diagnoses, which means is the, the medical futility exception kicks in. That's just mm-hmm. a, another way of mm-hmm. uh, finding the loophole. Okay, yeah. They always will find the loophole. Always. Will women be persecuted, prosecuted if they get an abortion? There seems to be, like you said, so much fear-mongering that if a woman's life is at risk, her baby is prioritized. If a woman's life is at risk, they can do whatever they need to do to save that life under the heartbeat law. Now, the heartbeat law targets the abortion mill and the personnel who abort the baby whose heartbeat is detectable. The goal is not to penalize women. Women have never been penalized in Georgia for having an abortion. Um, And we recognize that women may be victims of this process Mm. almost as much as their babies are. Absolutely. Um, The personhood provisions in this law, why is this extremely important? The Georgia heartbeat law is unique among state statutes in that it grants rights to unborn babies as persons under Georgia law. Uh, Personhood rights that are written into the bill include um, counting the baby as a dependent on your taxes at the end of the year, clarifying the father's responsibility to help with expenses related to the pregnancy and the birth, Georgia's fetal personhood provision, um, this is really huge. It's a, it's a reclassification in legal terms of the moment when human life begins. Mm. And it, it puts Georgia ahead of its peers in, in the rest of the country. Wonderful. Um, this is one of only a handful of such provisions nationwide, and it's the farthest reaching. So we don't know exactly how this will all develop and unfold as we go through the next few years, but it's clear that Georgia has landed squarely in the abortion battle's next frontier. Well, we all know that life begins at conception. So why the heartbeat correlation? Well, many of the law supporters recognize that life begins at conception, and they therefore 
firmly believe that the personhood under the law should as well. But they tied the provision to the fetal heartbeat to establish the the bright line test that would simplify the law regulation and enforcement. Mm, Okay. Baby steps, right? Yes. (laughs) Literally. Can you share a little bit about how this bill got passed, how this law, what it was a bill, got passed and what happened to it after it was signed into law? Yes. Very interesting story. This was back in 2019, the spring of 2019. The sponsor of the bill was Representative Ed Setzler from Cobb County. He is now Senator Ed Setzler because he was elected to the state Senate a couple of months ago. He had long been a champion for pro-life values at at the legislature, and he decided that it was time to just stop nibbling at the margins of what was going on in the state. He said, I heard him say this in a group, it's time to stop the killing. Mm, yes. So he proposed the bill, which had been very carefully written, very carefully vetted. And the response to the bill was just cataclysmic. The The shrill voices against it, it was as though you were uh, threatening to kill every woman in the state. Uh, there were all kinds of interesting things going on at the Capitol and the women in their handmaid's costumes and actresses, sort of obscure actresses who are uh, decided that they could could make a voice for themselves this way were coming down and making speeches at the rotunda and and during the the day of the the final vote um, and I will give kudos to Governor Kemp and his staff on this because they they really went to the mat for it and they exerted a lot of um, encouragement on legislators who maybe didn't want to vote on this because they were afraid they would lose their seat over it. Mm-hmm. And they were watching on closed circuit TV. And if a legislator left the chamber, oh. he might get a text from the governor's guy saying, get back in there. Oh, yeah. So that the, the vote could not be taken until you're there and you're going to vote. Yes. Right. So it was it was quite dramatic and quite inspiring to see it to see it all work out. A scene right from Hollywood. <laughs> yes, <laughs> literally, yeah. At the Georgia Capitol. Right. Uh, so um, what's this, but like, it, so it passed. Uh-huh. But then what happened? Like, Gov- it, Governor it, signed it and then it disappeared because the pro-abortion forces sued to to enjoin it, to, to get the, the court to put a stay on it so that it could not be enforced. Okay. So it, it had not been enforced until... Um, the Dobbs decision, and then it went into effect after Dobbs saying that Roe versus Wade is no longer the law. Okay. <clears throat> now, unfortunately, and for a couple of weeks, we had we had, we had it yes, in law. It was in law, and then and was, then um, Judge Robert McBurney, who is the, at the Fulton County Superior Court, stepped in, and he said he ruled that the abortion provisions of the heartbeat law cannot go into effect. And his reasoning, such as it was, was that the provisions are perfectly constitutional now, but they weren't in 2019 when it was passed, and therefore mm. they can't be enforced. If if that makes sense to you, you have a more uh, refined brain than I do. Cause that, <laughs> no, anyway. it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> okay, well, it didn't make sense to uh, Attorney General Chris Carr either, so he immediately filed an appeal to the Georgia Supreme Court. Great. Um but, of course, while the appeal is pending, the law couldn't be enforced. So the the abortion mills were back in business, and the money kept rolling in. Right. 
So Attorney General Carr's office filed what's called an emergency petition to block the lower court's order, McBurney's order, pending appeal. And so this would allow the heartbeat law to remain in effect until the Georgia Supreme Court rules on the merits of the appeal. And the Supreme Court, the Georgia Supreme Court, granted that emergency petition right after Thanksgiving. So the the bottom line of that is that the heartbeat bill was back in effect. Yes, a Thanksgiving gift. Yes, it was. It was. So for however long it takes the appeal to make it through the process, it could be weeks, it could be months, the heartbeat law will continue to protect unborn babies. And one other thing I want to say about um, McBurney's order he struck down the abortion provisions, but he did not strike down the personhood provisions. So those provisions saying that in Georgia a baby is an unborn baby is a person entitled to legal protection, those provisions are still in effect, regardless okay. of what happens with this appeal. And that is very good for yes. legal analysis down the road because um, another judge with a more rigorous sense of logic could conclude that an innocent human being who is a person under Georgia law cannot be killed. So all of the heartbeat laws should clearly be enforceable. But for now, we wait and we see how all this shakes out in the Georgia Supreme Court. And in the meantime, the heartbeat law is the law of the land in Georgia. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, There's so many challenges. Uh, And I know the pro, you know, pro-abortion Everything is so creative. Yes. Tell us about some of what's going on. Well, the pro-abortion forces are in it for ideological reasons as well as for monetary reasons, for financial reasons, because they're making a ton of money off of this. And this is a huge threat to them. So what we're going to be seeing is the abortion mills claiming, that oh, we couldn't find a heartbeat, so we'll go ahead and abort the baby. Right. Um, and as you pointed out, the the trying to work in this this loophole of the poor prenatal diagnosis, so we've got to, to kill the baby. Uh, the abortion mills are helping to arrange transportation to other states. Abortions right. have, have plummeted in Georgia. They've gone up somewhat in South Carolina because their heartbeat bill has been enjoined. So they don't have one right now. Oh, okay. And uh, there are mobile abortion clinics. There are some Planned Parenthood facilities that have these mobile clinics, and they go park on the border no. of a pro-life state and a pro-abortion state and so that, that women can just go across the border and, and oh. get their abortion pills or, or whatever. Uh, there are even organizations. There's one called Women on Waves, and they they set up these abortion facilities on ships. What? And yes, yes. And the ships anchor out in international waters. So oh theoretically, if they were on the out in international waters off the port of Savannah, then they could ferry women from the port out to the ship. Oh no! And I'm, yes, I'm, oh, I wish no. I were making this up, but I, I wish you were too. These, these people are so so creative. They are targeting especially teenage girls. With their, They get their cell phone numbers. They send them texts saying, when you need an abortion, we're here for you, and this is how you need it. When. Notice the right, when you right, need an abortion. Right. And uh, the, the abortion mills, especially Planned Parenthood, are branching out into the transgender mm. 
industry, which mm-hmm. is becoming huge as well, and mm-hmm. it's extremely lucrative. Of course. So right. they're losing money on abortions now, so they're making up for it by starting to provide the drugs and the, the hormones and that kind of thing, all these medical right. experimental interventions on, on kids who are confused about their sex. And I don't know that the ones in Georgia are doing that yet. I know that there are a lot throughout the country who are doing that. Okay. So that's a topic for another show, which we will get into. And, of course, they're doubling down on getting comprehensive sex education into the public schools because, uh, again, another topic for another time, but comprehensive sex education really teaches kids how to evade their parents and how to to access all of these, quote, services, Mm -hmm. close quote, without their parents knowing about it. And so there's a, a huge push to establish these services so that that there's essentially a school to abortion clinic pipeline. Mm, The darkness and the evil. What about the chemical abortion? This is so big right now. Yes. And how does the heartbeat law apply to this? The chemical abortion is the abortion pill, and it's actually usually a two-step process. The You take the first pill, which kills the baby, and then a couple of days later, you take the second pill, which expels the baby's body. This will be a big issue in the wake of Dobbs uh, because the FDA has approved these drugs to terminate pregnancies up to 10 weeks. Okay. Now, the heartbeat law kicks in before that right. because the heartbeat can be heard uh, long before 10 weeks. Like six weeks. At six weeks, generally speaking. The the problem here is that the Biden administration is doing everything possible to promote abortions and to evade these pro-life laws. They're pushing telemedicine, do-it-yourself abortions. They, they have allowed these pills to be mailed mm. to women and girls rather than requiring them to go into a, a clinic or a doctor's office to get it. This step is obviously very dangerous to the very woman dangerous. because these... Drugs are are dangerous, and they have they have killed women in the past, and also they only supposedly work in a certain stage of pregnancy. And if you don't have an in person visit, you have no idea what stage of pregnancy you are. So you could be a lot further along than you think. Right now, the FDA is also just as in the past week from since the past week allowing the abortion pills to be dispensed by pharmacies rather than just by doctor's offices or by the abortion clinics. And there are some major pharmacies who have already said, yes, we will dispense these drugs. And I think Walgreens and CVS are the two that I've heard of. So we should keep that in mind. And the Biden administration has even set up a government website to help teen girls get abortions without involving their parents. Oh, no. So they're they're pushing the envelope. They're oh, trying yes. to, to go as far as they possibly can. And this is all new. We don't really know how it's, how it's all going to shake out. But we do know that the heartbeat law does apply to chemical abortions as well as surgical abortions. So if it is enforced properly and uh, judges don't allow some of these evasion tactics, it should still protect babies. So what about the abortion organizations that are suggesting women and girls might simplify this process? Yes, that I have read fairly recently. Um, The suggestion is being made that if you don't want to drag it out, you don't want to take the, the two drugs, which adds another couple of days to the whole thing, 
that you could get by by just taking the second drug. Now, remember, the second drug is what expels the baby's body. Right. But if you don't have the first drug, which kills the baby, you could have a teenage girl sitting in her bedroom or her bathroom giving birth, essentially, to a living baby mm. whom she's trying to abort. Mm-hmm. And there's not a, not an adult in the world who knows oh. what she's doing or what mm-hmm. the situation is. Mm-hmm. It's it's heartbreaking, and yes, it, the the organizations that are creating this possibility, I don't want to hear from them about how much they care about women and girls. Exactly, that's just that's right. about that, as horrific as you can imagine. Yes, and there is a possibility after you take the first pill to reverse the effects of the abortion. If a woman takes the first pill and she decides that she wants to keep this baby, and that happens, yes, they can get progesterone, they can be treated, and it'll stop the process. So this is also what they're trying to avoid. Yes, yes. I can assure you the information about progesterone is not on the government website. Right. An abortion just causes such a deep wound, such a deep wound. The physical and psychological consequences of abortion are just devastating. Countless women have come forward to share their stories about the aftermath of abortion. And you can read some of these accounts, and we'll link them on our website at silentnomoreawareness.org slash testimonies. Jane, can we expect any legislation to be introduced in this session to address some of these atrocities? I think so. I haven't seen any legislation yet or any language. I I fully expect that there will be at least one bill introduced to deal with the chemical abortion to clarify the, the interaction of the heartbeat law with that. But as I say, I haven't seen language yet, so we have to wait and see what's going to happen. But um, the, I know that it's under discussion um, among okay. a lot of legislators and, and organizations that are, are trying to help come up with some language. There's so many that are opposing all of this. Yes. They're not giving up just because a heartbeat bill has come into law. So tell us about some of the challenges that we have here. Well, just politically in the state and in every state, there are a lot of very powerful opponents of pro-life legislation. The business community, and by that I mean the big corporations, I'm not talking about the mom-and-pop business on the corner, there, there is tremendous opposition from very powerful corporate players who <laughs> throw their weight around a lot in the legislature. Um, the economic development forces, because there's always the claim, oh, if we do this, then we won't get the World Cup or we won't get, you know, right. whatever. Right. The entertainment industry, as we have seen, is monolithically opposed to us, opposed to, to babies. The education establishment, I mean, the public education establishment, and I'm certainly not referring to every single teacher because there are a lot right. of wonderful, wonderful, good pro-life teachers. But the the establishment itself is, as as we mentioned with the comprehensive sex ed, they're they're all on the other side. They're all trying to get in the information about how how girls can go and and do whatever they want to and get mm-hmm. abortion, right. even if their parents don't know about it. Right. And all of these people are absolutely flush with money. Um, I've read just an article recently that with Proposition 3 in Michigan, which sadly passed in November, which protects abortion unto birth and possibly after birth, 
um, that the money, the millions of dollars that rolled in to support that came from people like uh, Michael Bloomberg and mm-hmm. George Soros. And mm-hmm. these people have unlimited resources, right. absolutely unlimited. Right. So who can we trust? Well, there are medical associations and uh, other groups out there who are very trustworthy. But you have to realize the ones that have been have become completely politicized and not reliable on these issues. Um, unfortunately, the American Medical Association is one. Mm-hmm. Most doctors, I think, are not members of the American Medical Association, but they still, because they're called the American Medical Association, nice. they have a lot of a lot of clout. The American College of, of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, ACOG. Oh, great. We um, can't trust them. Can't, nope. They have been completely politicized. Again, oh. that is not saying that, that all of their members are that way. The thousands and thousands and thousands of wonderful pro-life um, OBGYNs out there. But fortunately for us, they have started their own organization that's called the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians oh, and Gynecologists. Okay. They have a website, which we will link to. You can find a doctor through them. Okay. It's, it's a really, really wonderful organization. We can trust the Catholic Medical Association. And we'll link to their to their website. You can also find a doctor through them. And there's another organization called the Christian Medical and Dental Associations, which we will link to. So there are people out there. You just have to know how who, to find them. How to find them and, and who has been politicized. Okay. What are the important takeaways from today's program? Well, I would say vote for life. We still have a pro life majority in the Georgia General Assembly. Some of them are very strong, some of them need a little more encouragement. Okay. Go to the Archdiocese website and access the information about initiatives that are out there to help mothers who are struggling and who are worried and afraid because they have a crisis pregnancy. Walking with Moms in Need initiative, which is is nationwide, but it's also in the Atlanta Archdiocese. There are all kinds of ways you can help. There are a lot of parishes that have that program already to help walk with moms as they're going through this to give them the sort of practical assistance that they need. Support your pregnancy resource centers, those that will give women an ultrasound and help her with her her needs, help her with with baby clothes, with equipment, diapers, that kind of thing. And um, become aware of what's going on under the gold dome. So that's where we come in. Okay. And, and let's not forget about prayer. Absolutely. Always prayer. And on the sidewalk... You can pray on the sidewalk at an abortion clinic. We never really know the number of hearts that are changed when we are seen by people driving by. And also, uh, join thousands of Catholics across the country in prayer and action with a pro-life novena starting Thursday, January 19th through Friday, January 27th. Check your bulletin for Respect Life activities. There's much going on this month. Is there anything else, Jane, before you close in prayer? So we hope that people will join us as we get into some additional topics that will be debated at the, at the Capitol. So but let us pray. Our Father, we come to you always with gratitude for your many graces and your many blessings. And we thank you for the country we live in and the state that we live in. And we pray for a growth in the culture of life. We pray for courage for people to do the right thing for babies and for their mothers and for their fathers so that we can restore the the respect for all of your innocent children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been Legislation Made Simple. 
keeping you informed on political issues with your hosts, Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Listen again next week at the same time for Legislation Made Simple on AM 1160, The Quest.